And I want to say this out loud. It was a long fault journey a long fault journey back to un unlayering and unpeeling and unraveling so many things that other people had placed on me to find the true essence of who I was from the very beginning and again. For me, freedom was not finding something new. It was unlearning all the things that I had learned. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. This is the space where you come to each and every week to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. Now, you know, we like to talk about all the parts of wealth that actually impact your finances, like all the parts of our lives that impact your finances, because you know, it's not just money, right? When you step into this space, you understand that this is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We understand that wealth is really rooted in the 12th century definition, which says it's about the condition of well-being. And one of the areas that I want you to be well, my friend, is in your soul. You already know. The fourth pillar is the faith pillar. And it is about believing in something greater. And even when we're believing in something greater, baby, a part of that is understanding that we need permission to be free, to be free, to be all of who God has created us to be. So I am so excited for our guest today. Before I introduce you to Dr. Jackie Green, we have to get into the affirmation of the week. So let's take a second and I'll be right back. You know, you gotta speak positivity into your life, into your day. Yeah. You gotta affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is authenticity is my superpower. In order to be of service to myself, the marketplace, and the creator who carefully crafted me, I embrace my light as well as the darkest parts of me. I accept that I am not perfect and rest in knowing that what the world needs most is my obedience. With flaws and all, I am love and I am loved. I will not try to hide, protect, or defend the parts of me that some may consider less desirable. I unapologetically commit to showing up in the good, bad, and ugly of my truth, and I'm grateful that being authentically me attracts everything that I need, want, and desire. Declare today, authenticity is my superpower. you guys i'm so excited today's guest is dr jackie green if you have not seen this woman on instagram at least at least on instagram i don't know where you've been or youtube because i watch her a lot on youtube but she is a self-described fast-talking fiery anointed preacher dr jackie is the co-pastor of forward city church with her husband and grammy nominated recording artist travis green She's on a mission to spread the gospel and challenge women to let go of behaviors that hinder them from living in the fullness of who God has uniquely designed them to be. And you know, we are all about that here at Redefining Wealth. Dr. Jackie utilizes her new book, Permission to Live Free. We're going to talk about it today. 
her popular permission conferences and her permission world Facebook group and even her newly launched podcast. We'll talk about that too. Permission talk to encourage women to live free from the world's constraints, remembering that God has already given them the keys to unlock what is inside them. Without further ado, here is Dr. Jackie Green. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast. What's What's up? Come on, fiery talking. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's a lot of passion over here. It's my Ghanaian roots. My daddy's African. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> so you speak with a lot of purpose and passion. Absolutely. With everything I give, I give all myself to it. And so you can feel it in everything I say for sure. You know what I love? I saw a clip of you actually talking about that. And I talk about this quite a bit about how so often we are trying to find our purpose and we're looking for so much stuff outside of ourselves. When Mm. I really believe that everything that we are meant to do in this lifetime, God already gave it to us freely. Like literally (laughs) it is in the fabric of how we were made. We could have looked like anything. We could have talked like anything. But mm-hmm. we are exactly who we're supposed to be to reach the people mm-hmm. we are called to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And it's actually, I mean, you already in the book um, for me. It was one of the hardest things for Trace. I think many people hear stuff like that. And because we are so indoctrinated by the world to believe that you need to go out here and get another degree or go gain something else that we are made to believe that it's outside of us. But I firmly agree with you that we have godly DNA because of how we were originally created. And God, who is our creator, is a master creator. So in all that he does, he does it with specificity. Um, he made us in his image and his likeness. And he was a God that dominated. He was a God of wealth. You know, you talk about wealthiness and all of that starts with who we were made to look like and not just to look like, but who to be like. And so for me, I had to at one point in my life, find out I didn't have to keep going to look other places. All that I was supposed to be and do was found in my original creation. And if I could return to that and finally accept her, then I was going to actually unleash one of the greatest gifts that I could ever uh, unleash to the world, to the earth for sure. You know what? I I love the passion that you speak with. And and for me, Dr. Jackie, a lot of people in my community, especially for those of the the gals who are single now, and I just (laughs) say the gals who are single, there is such Mm. this prevailing idea that we need to be different than who we actually are in order to attract right man right and I I look at you and your you know your relationship with your awesome husband and your beautiful boys that I see on social media right and you you now I don't know how you act at home Dr. Jack (laughs) I don't know know how you behave at home my husband says probably three times a week I wish people knew how silly you really are I mean I am 100% who I am on stage who I am off the stage you're not gonna get difference if there's probably any word that I get used about me more than anything it's consistent you're not gonna find a different Jackie Green it's gonna be the same one whether I'm happy sad mad you're gonna get somebody that's steady I believe the best that's just who I am I'm a faith talker passionate person in everything I do if I'm talking about teaching my babies the ABCs or I'm talking about breaking down Greek and Hebrew same girl, always country, loud, love people, passionate. 
And to your point, I think when you recognize that when God made the woman species, it's this whole thing about law first mentioned. He literally creates us as an answer and he calls us a suitable helper. And I don't think that that is just relegated to our relationship with the man. I think at large, when he thought of woman, he was thinking of someone to show up in the earth to help to create and to birth and to manifest what he desired to be in the earth, which was his will. And our ability to stand beside man allows that to go forth in the earth. And so for me, when you said the thing about, I don't need to go find it anywhere else. When I recognized that what God had done when he made me, that I didn't have to change it a little bit. I didn't need to slow down my talking. I didn't need to laugh quieter. He was doing it with with intent, with my purpose in mind. I'm going to tell you one thing, Patrice, though, that is hard. I think we decide who we want to be accepted by. And most often the idea that there can be one group that accepts us and with us being exactly who we were created to be in another group that may not, it's the thing that causes us to start trying to conform or change or transform to try to fit in. But when you know he made you specifically for a group of people and it may not be for everybody, it's okay. Like Paul was called to a certain group and Peter was called to another, but they were both necessary and useful exactly how they were made by God to be. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can own that, you'll have everything you need. Oh, I believe that so much. This this entire journey, um, you know, with my career, for example, I remember the days when I was not free to be me, Ooh. when I did not feel free to be me, the days when, you know, I had well-meaning mentors who would say to me, hey, you know, you don't want to do your hair like that. It doesn't look like some a finance expert. Come on. Hey, you know, your lipstick, you might want to tone it down. Hey, you wear big earrings. Hey, you dress too tight. Hey, you like bright colors. And I was literally going through this season where I was being, you know, transformed into what I would call like a puppet. Where it was like, you need to wear, I, really not even a puppet. Let's call it what it is. It was, I look like a clown in my eyes, right? So it was like, you need to wear these brown, black, navy blue banker suits. You need pearls on because pearls represent wisdom. You need mm. these hidden heels. And you know, I like a good skyscraper, right? You come need, on, come and on. And I remember going to speak somewhere in Atlanta. There was young people. And I remember I was myself, so I sounded like I was having fun and all this, but they were looking at me like, now is she, is she 30 or 77? Like what? Because like, her, her tone don't match the look. The tone <laughs> doesn't quite match what's going mm -hmm. on here. And I went on Facebook the next day. I said, God, if this is, if this is purpose, I don't want it. If I can't be free to be who I am, and do what I like and show up in ways that make me comfortable. I don't want it. And I went mm -hmm. on Facebook, Dr. Jackie, and I said, hey, I got some suits. If anybody is going on interviews or you need something, meet me at the Starbucks on uh, East West Connector in Austell, Georgia. And people <laughs> met me there and literally took stuff out my trunk in my backseat. And, and I love it. that point, everything took off for me when I was being myself. Yes, because the truth is when you're being yourself, you are agreeing with God. And I think some people think that obedience is only like these outside acts. But when you make a decision to be authentically who God made, you're saying, God, I approve of what you approved of. When you looked at me, you said it was good. When I say I'm not going to add or try to taint or try to add something that you never told me to put on me, you're saying, God, I agree with what you made. And I call it a masterpiece too. That for me was when I unleashed myself. God, blesses the authentic. And when we can slow down and say, God, 
You made another girl that may rock that brown or navy blue mm-hmm. suit with them pearls just fine. But if you wanted a thousand of those, you would have made a thousand of them. But then you made girl like girls like Patrice and Jackie to maybe have the same message, but a different packaging so yeah. that someone else that needs that same message will be drawn to it. And as we own it, we give other women permission to do the same thing to say, baby, you may have a message that sounds like somebody else's, but your packaging may be a little different. And I want you to know that it's still as useful and our ability to confront fear or even the trauma of other people's labeling and word, you know, yes. words that end up sticking on us is a part of the permission message. We have to step over those hurdles to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to be held back anymore. I'm going to be precisely and fully who God created me to be. And that's what I think it means to own permission. It means not, I'm just going to own one box or one part of who I am, but if I'm louder or if I am intellectual or if I have ingenuity that comes by way of looking like my father, I'm going to own every single facet of that part of me. I'm not going to hide the nerd because I feel like, oh, that may make me a little quirky. No, I'm going to own the biology major and put it with a little fire and it's going to make this fiery, you know, biologist. And it's mm-hmm. good. for It's good because he didn't make a mistake. He knew exactly what he wanted me for. And with that purpose in mind, he set something in motion because he spoke it. And I'm not going to fight his word because he is the one that knows all, not me. Mm-hmm. And when I question it or I try to taint it, I'm saying, God, I don't think you made what was best. And that's just not true. Oh, when we own it, when we own it authentically, we are in agreement with God. We agree. I remember coming to the point where I had to like literally get in the mirror and say, God, I know you made no mistakes on me. Like everything, every feature on my face, every mole on my face, any freckle, everything. You made no mistakes on Patrice Cunningham, Washington. I am exactly who I'm supposed to be. Baby, that thing, you talk about a self-love journey. liberation says I remember the day where God said he stopped me in my tracks he said I could have made you any way I wanted I'm God almighty I'm El Shaddai I have all power in my hand and if I wanted you to be any different I could have done that so don't you believe if I made you the way I'd made you that it's perfect and it's a masterpiece like unleash yourself to be free to be liberated to not have to shrink back and Yeah, I think it takes you to another level. It takes you to another level of not counterfeiting yourself because counterfeits are always going to be worth less than the real thing, the authentic thing. And walking into that doesn't just do it for you. You don't even understand how your freedom affects another woman's freedom. And I say it. That's why we're doing these podcasts. That's why we're having these conversations. We have a responsibility after we come to recognize that who we were made to be is actually the better person to go and free another woman with that same key of freedom. And that's what permission is all about. That's why I wrote the book. I I love this. So actually, um, before we get into the book, because I love the nine action steps and how it's broken down. And I want us to like kind of take people briefly through that journey. Tell us about a time when you didn't feel free. Because were you just born free and just walk free the whole time? Or did you go through a season where you did feel where you where you were presenting more of the counterfeit version of Jackie than who we know today? The one thing that I believe, I believe this, no matter what your personality traits are, some people think that free is only loud or free is only boisterous or free is only, you know, just these vibrant colors. For me, I truly believe that when we're when we're first created, we are in essence liberated to be exactly how God desired us to be. And so when I was a little girl, 
I was the girl that would say things like, I know God going to heal my headache and God's going to help me make a 100. Even in like kindergarten, I fully believed that who I was wasn't a mistake. So I would get in the choir, put on my mama long earrings and I would sing at the top of my lungs. I'm not even the best singer, but I had no reference that there was anything that could possibly be wrong with me. So I did it out loud. I sung my song. I skipped. I danced. I put on the polka dots with the red dress. All of it because there was no reference for culture telling me that there could possibly be something wrong. My only reference was who I was made to be in reference to the father was a good thing. What happens is I think over time we get indoctrinated to believe that mm, somebody responded to my freedom in a way that didn't seem favorable. And so we'll start to shy back, sis. We're like, Hmm, I thought my hair was okay, but hers was a lot longer and a lot curlier. And so we start doing a comparison game or we'll start to speak out loud and somebody will say like, you don't got to be so loud. And so it'll start to make us question, maybe my loudness isn't good. And it's like the uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, we start to put fig leaves on to try to cover the thing that was created from the very beginning. Our nakedness that was once fine, we start to cover up and try to say, maybe nakedness isn't good. And we, then we have shame for the way in which we were created from the beginning. That's where I found myself in my season of counterfeitism. I was the uh, varsity cheerleading co, I mean, varsity cheerleading captain and all of these people around me weren't exactly like me. And people would tell me that I stood out. And so what I started to do, I was trying to conform. So, you know, well, everybody else sleep with their boyfriend. So maybe I'm supposed to sleep with my boyfriend or everybody's not so, you know, put together. So maybe I'll just try to act like I'm not as smart as I am. I won't answer as many questions in class. It was a uh, season of trying to dumb down. Well, I'll bend over backwards to try to please people because I wanted people to like me, not to ostracize me. I had already dealt with rejection from my daddy leaving. And it was like, before I know it, you can't conform so long that you can't even find the real you anymore. And Patrice, I remember getting ready to go to college. And I remember telling my mom, I don't even know what I like anymore because I stopped asking myself what I really like. I stopped saying, Jackie, what is true to who you are? All the only thing that inundated my mind was what are people going to think about this? Is this going to be appealing? Is this popular? Is this approved by others? I lost the essence of who I was by external affirmation and trying to appeal to everybody else. And it was a long, and I want to say this out loud. It was a long fault journey a long fault journey back to un unlayering and unpeeling and unraveling so many things that other people had placed on me to find the true essence of who I was from the very beginning. And again, for me, freedom was not finding something new. It was unlearning all the things that I had learned. Woo. That's it. That's the journey that I've been on. You know, I was in a long-term relationship, long-term marriage uh, mm -hmm. with my former spouse for almost half my life, almost 20 years. And wow. so I go through the separation and divorce and Jackie, this whole, like the self-love piece has been about who is Patrice? Like, irregardless of anybody else's desires or what they like or what they don't like, I literally had to go through and peel back layers and unlearn, mm -hmm. you know, some things and realize what was me versus what I just became, you know, to, to satisfy a relationship or, sure. or a label. So we, not about him, but just even yeah. the label that we put on ourselves. Well, I'm a mom, so I must behave this way or I'm a wife. <laughs> so it needs to look like that. All these things that I created. And because a lot of times we talk about boxes that people put us in, but we rarely refer to the boxes that we put ourselves in. Like who yes, told you, even when I'm coaching people and they're giving me this whole long thing, I'm like, well, who told you that? Ooh. Most of us don't even 
we don't even know where it really originated. But like you said, it could be one. It doesn't even have to be a conversation. You know what I've realized? Yes. A lot of things that had me conform in different ways were not because someone said something. It could be a look. Yes, ma'am. And we could take a look and be like, oh, that must have been wrong. Maybe I should yep. do that again. Next time mm-hmm. I come, I need to do this. I need to be there. And then we just talk ourselves into a whole persona <laughs> that is so <laughs> far away from who God originally created us to be. I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always want to pay high quality prices, if you know what I'm saying. Plus, I don't always want to wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the clothing rental membership armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish, but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new-to-me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, what I also love is that Armoire is woman-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website. So I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoire. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And it's so funny that you asked the same question that God asked to Adam and Eve. You, they said that they were naked. He said, who told you that? That is so... And I think it's not just good enough to talk about counterfeitism and freedom. You have to tell people how to get free again. And a part of the thing that you're asking, that self-reflection to say, like all this day and them, they said, who is they? Who Who told you that? And your ability to slow down and ask yourself those questions will help you to uncover how you ended up where you are and get back to the place where you started, where you were in freedom, where you weren't conforming, where you can walk forward. And I'll even say this. 
even in marriage, my husband is a, he's a alpha male, very domineering. I mean, he's excellent in so many rights. He is not Jackie Green. He's Travis Green. And even in marriage, I've had to learn to not be afraid, even with his ability to be a coach, to be a leader, to be the high priest of our home, to still say, God is still God. And Travis is my husband. God is the only one that created me. And so in light of Travis adding to me and even helping to perfect, I still have to go to God first and say, God, even in light of all this wisdom that I can get from a spiritual mentor or my husband, what do you say? What did you, what do you say? Because at the end of the day, the purpose and the intent for why I live and breathe all has to do with your word, not anybody else's. Theirs is yes. coming to add and be a cherry on top. But the moment it becomes the milkshake, you mess up the very thing that God made from the beginning because he's still looking to us to look to him first. And I do believe that's how a lot of marriages get in trouble when we start to make their voice is supreme. Their voice is not supreme. It comes underneath the supreme voice. And when we are able to not be afraid, because for me, like you said, a lot of it wasn't what Travis said. It was what I told myself that I thought he expected of me. And I had to stop being afraid to try or to do or to be something that maybe may not meet their expectations. And many times it was just something I had conjured up in my own mind because of my own trauma. And I projected it on somebody else because of my own fear. And I had to get real enough to say, Jackie, this is you. You're afraid and you don't know and you feel unsure or unsafe and not blame other people for the thing that I was doing to myself yeah oh that is so good mm-hmm. okay so we have something in common besides a good person we know in common we have something else in common so I hear that your book uh permission to live free is actually a re-release because you self-published it originally Mm-hmm. It's me true. too that was that was my story as well I self-published oh. um real money answers for every woman in 2014 and then a major publisher came back and re-released it and new cover and did the book tour and the media and all the stuff so I am so excited for you and I wanted to point that out because so often people despise like those initial beginnings, humble beginnings. Right? the <laughs> humble beginnings people only want to see all the fanfare and you it's like you know there's a whole lot of stuff that happened before this and I call that giving God something to bless I was not gonna hold up the message that God gave me <laughs> waiting for someone else to choose me I went out and did what God told me to do and I didn't even have to fight look for it they came to me Yes, ma'am. Same story. And I totally agree. And very similar to you have to hand somebody, hand God something to bless. I totally believe this. Inside of obedience is everything you need. And sometimes we are not getting the the opportunity or we're not getting the label call or we're not getting the job promotion simply because we'll never hand God something from the beginning. We won't open up the doorway to obedience and allow for inside of obedience to be favor, for it to be acceleration, for it to be the finances. When you give him vision, he gives provision. But many times we've never given him anything to bless to your point. And we're still sitting back five years from now saying, God, well, you promised me in 2010 that you on New Year's that you were going to do this thing. You told me to write the book. And he said, why haven't you wrote it? And you're saying, well, God, you haven't you, you haven't given me an opportunity. He's like, you have a pen and a paper, right? You know, and I think many times we have these really high and lofty ideas of how God is going to do it for us. 
our ability to just take the step because he said so was enough for him to use that step and allow whoever hands it need to fall into to happen. And for me, I would say that to any person, given what you have, you know, yeah. it's, it's shown all throughout the Bible. The woman, you know, with the issue of blood, she pushed a little to touch the hem of the garment. The woman that had a little oil and was getting ready to die and baked their last little cake. She gave him the last little bit out of obedience and God blessed that thing and brought multiplication. The Shunammite woman, we go on and on and on and on again where we see people in the Bible days giving what they had and God taking their little and making it much. And so it is with Patrice's and so it is with Jackie's. He'll take what you have right now. And you're talking about wealth adding, give him your little and you will watch. He won't, he open up. It's the, it's the, it's the, uh, it's the principle of seed time and harvest. What we give first is a seed. And he's the one that says that he's the Lord of the harvest, that he blesses it, breaks it and multiplies it. That bring forth some 30, 60, hundred fold. And I believe that what we're speaking of is exactly that we gave him a seed of obedience and he gave us a harvest a hundred times what we gave that's it that's it mm-hmm. and this is why i always tell my clients i'm not special i don't believe that god is any respected person yes and you and and you know what and i could i know you a minister dr jackie i'm just gonna say this <laughs> i'm gonna say this i'm not good with memorizing scripture like i have my go-to's but yeah, let me yeah. tell you something once i get a story in my spirit or I understand, like I'll study the context of it and I'll study it. But once I have it down, I apply that thing. And my goal is to live by it. Like that I believe part. it. I believe yeah. it. I have people sometimes in my groups that, I mean, can recite everything and then still won't. But okay, so you know where to find it. You're going to get there faster than me. But I'm telling you, I'm going to accelerate faster because I'm actually going to be obedient. Gonna live so it. You can gonna know live it. it. But I'm gonna live it, and that's gonna knowing make and difference. living are two different things. Knowing and living to your point are two different things, sis. It's no good to know and not do. He says to be a hearer of the word, you have to also be a doer. Also, there's no point in knowing something that you don't live. It's like me saying, I know my name is Jackie, but not living by Jackie. Do you really know your name is Jackie? If you don't actually call yourself Jackie, do you know that you're a woman of freedom if you don't live free? And I think to your point, I'll give you this tidbit because like you like you said, this whole thing, I think people make spirituality so lofty and so up here. If you want to learn something, you put it on note cards. You put it everywhere around you. I currently, right now, I wish I had my purse right beside me. I have a three ring little note card thing with a little ring and I put scriptures on it and I read them daily just in my own time. People think it got to be all this e-ba-ba-ba. No, just like you want to learn, you know, to take a test. You put it in a way that your, your mind can understand it and you keep on reading it. And the more you read something, the more it becomes a part of you and the more it becomes a part of you, the yeah. easier you will live it. And so I say that to people a lot of time. Don't make relationship with God hard. When you want to know somebody's phone number, you say it over and over. You put it on a sticky note. Put scripture all around you if you want it to come alive in your heart to where you can live it. And to your point, I feel like there's no point in knowing it and not living it. No point. It's just no point. Yes. Now, I know you are loving the Redefining Wealth podcast, but do you know what would take it up a notch? It's if you invested in a copy of my brand new book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, How to Stop Chasing Money and Finally Live Your Life's Purpose. Now on the podcast, you hear me talk about the six pillars of wealth every single week. That's fit, people, space, faith, work, and money. And I want you to incorporate this into your life. But let's be honest, the podcast isn't enough. I poured 114 lessons from my own life 
the rituals, the mindsets, the behaviors, the attitudes that I had to shift in order to redefine wealth for myself in each one of these pillars. And now I've made it available to you. So you can make sure to pick up your copy in paperback, hardcover, or even listen on Audible. Whatever you do, make this a part of your library today. Okay, we have got to get into this book. You know, I want to just talk to you all day. I feel like I have known you forever. Okay, (laughs) so let's walk through some of the steps and you guys need to go get the book Permission to Live Free. Um, It just dropped. So we're actually recording this on the day it drops, even though you guys are going to hear it a little little later, but that's okay. (laughs) Go and grab your copy, Permission to Live Free. So the very first one, and we've touched on this already, is Permission to Be authentic yes do you, so do you Im- want to give us a little word so important in the very start of that chapter I talk about a time where I'm at my first conference and this time I'm stepping on stage I see the spotlight out there and I pick up the microphone and I know that my voice has volume and I'm going to speak with volume because I know that God has given me something to say in the same in the same setting a different season there was a time where my husband had asked me very cavalier to just do the welcome for uh, it was like 50 people it was our very first service of Fort City Church and I remember going to the back crying and being so afraid. My mom comes in and she's like, baby, go out there and be who you are. She wasn't saying go out there and perform because I don't believe that daughters perform. I believe that clowns perform. Daughters just exist. They don't they don't strive. They exist in the very essence of their creation. And when they recognize that they're made in the image and likeness of somebody that is powerful, that is full of, of, of everything that is necessary, then they show up like him. The reason why two different scenarios probably separated between two to three years was very different was because I finally believed that who he was on the inside of me was enough. Even if I wasn't, he on the inside of me is. And because he is, I am. So I stopped questioning, was I uh, a question mark? Or that I was an exclamation point where I could could exclaim or I could declare the very thing that God had placed on my heart and that it was enough. I think many times it wasn't that I didn't feel like I had something to say. I I didn't know if it was enough. And the more and more I believed in the God that was enough on the inside of me, Patrice, the more and more I said what God had told me to say with volume and with clarity and with power, yoke-breaking power. And so for me, I think that all goes back back to authenticity. When I was afraid to be who I was, I was afraid to do what I was called to do because Mm. being actually precedes doing and authentically. If you don't know who you are, you're not going to do the thing that you were called to do authentically. It starts with knowing who you are first. And that's in anything, marriage, it's in mothering, it's in building wealth. If you're doing it for the wrong reason, you're going to always be trying to compensate for something that you don't believe you are in your being. And when I know who I am, I'm not trying to gain money and get money and do all this stuff to to, uh, compensate for something that I don't have. No, no, no. I gain wealth to push the kingdom forward because I are already know I'm a woman of a kingdom. Yeah. So you got to get the doing in in, in 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 relationship to the being first in order for it to flow right in authenticity. Ooh, and you didn't have to hit us with that um clowns perform, but that's another because that's the truth. And so often says that we was find so ourselves good. out there performing. Yeah. Stop it. You know, yeah. I told my spiritual sons the other day, I said, you know what, son, you know, daughters that get up there and they don't always get it right. You know, and sometimes you bobble your words. Like I was even thinking about, since we've been on this podcast, like I don't bobble a couple words, but people bobble. People aren't perfect. And people like to know that people aren't perfect. There's no one perfect. 
But daughters know that they're going to be another opportunity that you might get those words a little more clear. But when you think that you are a clown, then you're measuring yourself against, you know, well, did I do every trick right? I'm not up here trying to do tricks. I'm actually up here being a daughter. And I'll have another time on a podcast to get my words more clearly. But as long as I exist in a place where I know that I honor the father, that's my success for me. That's where I work, stay steady. I'm not looking for, you know, to wow Patrice. I'm just looking to be a daughter that exists with another daughter to hopefully encourage you to just be who you are. That's my only mm-hmm. goal. And if I've done that, I've been successful because that's what God did. Yeah. Period. For anyone listening who's been through uh, my speaker training, Command the Stage, they are probably trying to throw something at their phone or throw their phone or whatever, because this is what I say. Y'all only want to memorize everything because you want to get up there and perform. I'm speaking from my heart. I'm walking on this stage like God sent me because God sent me. So whatever message needs to get out in this moment, sometimes I'm on stage, Dr. Jackie, and I don't even know the example that is coming out of my mouth because it's nothing I've ever said before. Yes, and I ma'am. get to the back of the room where I check my DMs and someone says, oh my God, you yes, were ma'am. talking right to me. I mean, and down to intricate details that I have personally no connection with the reference to. Mm-hmm. But when I step on stage, I'm like, God, use me, whatever that is, right? Yes. So I don't have a script. They be like, oh, why are you not pacing back and forth in the front? Because I'm just going to say whatever I came to say. I don't, I don't have a script that I'm sticking to. So, oh, I love it. Okay. No, 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 no. I love that. I got to say this. Yeah. I love that because what you just talked about was vulnerability and trust. And many people pray, you know, God, I trust you. But in the moments where they're given an opportunity to trust, they want to keep control. And the only way we can liberate ourselves to that level of authenticity and vulnerability is if we put the full weight on God. You cannot do that any other way. And I'm telling you for myself, I have found so much more enjoyment in the times where I just release myself to be who I am in God and allow that to be enough. So I appreciate another sister pushing that message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number two is permission to wake up. Yes. So many times I feel like this, we are so in a rush and we're in so much motion, taking care of those kids, loving that husband, making the money going after the next degree that we don't even know we're we're not living in the fullness of who God has called us to be. And so I say this, in order to actually find freedom, you have to first recognize you're not free. That's the moment of pause where you get jolted and saying, whoa, I'm living, but am I living in freedom? Many times we're living, but are you living to the fullness that God made? That's where it comes into this precision and fullness that I talk about as a woman of permission. Yeah, I may be living and I know that I'm special, but am I going after every single aspect of what God has made me. You don't know that until you slow down and there are car wrecks, there are, there are diagnoses, there are life shifts, there are things, there's these specific words or a message that comes that sometimes will wake us up and slow us down and say like, whoa, mm-hmm. I've been living this way for 20 years, but is this the fullness of what God said about me? Have I tapped into the full essence of who Patrice is? And that's the wake up call that many of us need in order to tap into that next level of greatness that God still has for us. Yeah. Around here, we call it living on autopilot. Yes, ma'am. Like we just been living on autopilot for so long. We have not, we haven't woken up. We haven't questioned anything. We're just yep. going through the motions. Oh, so good. Okay. So the next one is permission to notice where you are stuck. 
And many times we are stuck on people's words. We're stuck on uh, other people's expectations. We have all these things. We're stuck on the past trauma that we've lived, trying to recover the rejection that we experienced with our parental figures. So many times we have all these things hindering or keeping us held back or, or keeping us bound that, yeah, now I recognize that I'm not how I'm supposed to, but then you have to identify what's holding you back. Is it your own words? Is it your own thoughts? Is this this... Uh, negative narrative that you told yourself, you actually have to identify, um, or I call it somewhat the diagnosis. You have to figure out, is it anxiety I'm dealing with? Not just I'm stuck. Okay, what are you stuck on? What's keeping you held back? And as you are able to uncover and shine a light on that, then we can move forward in freedom. We actually have to figure out what's holding us back. Yeah. Oh, the, the okay. These are all so good. You guys, you got to get the book, Permission to Live Free. Um, because I want Dr. Jackie to have some time to unpack who we will be <laughs> as readers because permission to live free introduces readers to these different profiles of yes. five types of women. And I know we all listening, we're going to hear <laughs> ourselves in all five. So I want her to really unpack that. Um, okay. I just, I can't afford to run out of time before you get a chance to do it. So <laughs> permit. Okay. So five types of women, not yet living with permission. The first one you call comfortable Courtney. So this one right here, I love because this is the one that I don't think people think about very often. Sometimes we actually get stuck in our past success. We get comfortable with what we, what we with what we've already ascertained or what we already are, are comfortable doing. So give it. I've been a wife and a mother, and that's all we've known. And so we put on the badge and the coat, the comfort, the, the security blanket of our marriage and our children. And we never step beyond to find out, am I also a woman in power? That was my story. I could wife my husband, stand beside him and be a help me. I can mother these children, but me stepping out to like try out and test drive my own voice. God, like that may not go perfect. I don't know that life. Like I might not be able to cross the T and dot every I on that. So I'll stay comfortable in the old success that I've had. Although I got married in 2011, I'm still waving the banner of marriage and being uh, married to Grammy nominated Travis Green, or I had children in 2014, 16, and 19. And I just live in the success of that and get comfortable there. Sometime God will pull the cover of your, your, your comfort and security blanket. And he will say, are you going to step forward? Or are you going to continue to uh, be frustrated by the paralysis of you not stepping into the next season of your life? And I'm telling you, comfortable Courtney is found in corner offices and big buildings. It's found with many, many people with bank accounts bigger than you can imagine. It comes to find women of all different demographics. I'm saying to you, if you still have breath, if you still have breath, I don't care how many accolades on your wall, there's still more because he wouldn't have you here if there wasn't still more for you to do. And that might mean you have to step into something that is not as secure or something that is not as known. But I'll tell you this, the thing that is hanging on your wall that you have an accolade for now, there was a time that you didn't know that either. So do yeah. not be held back by the comfort of what you now know, because he'll make you comfortable in the next thing and then he'll require you to do something else. And I am calling the people that are comfortable to the carpet to say there's still more permission to live as you go forward with him. Mm. And when you're in that comfort, you might, I, I think that you may feel comfortable, but if you're honest, there's still something, 
There's a there's an unsettling for sure. You're unsettled in your spirit. You're unsettled in your spirit because you know God's gonna agitate the mess out of you. The Holy Spirit is gonna be like, so we still, so this will be still. So we gonna still just swallow these words of prophecy, woman of God. I know you done beat your face and Mm. you look pretty, and they called you, you know, Mrs. Mrs. So and so. But are you gonna show up to be the woman in power I've called you to be? Are you gonna keep sitting back on it? He'll keep on agitating and pushing at it, and you'll find frustration. Those tears that you cry at night, those sleeping pills you have to take to get to sleep they are telltale signs that that comfort that you're labeling yourself with on the outside is not satisfying the internal version of you for sure mm-hmm. okay let's talk about fearful frida Woo! fearful frida is another one of my favorites all of them my favorite because <laughs> i spoke from my real life i can yeah. find myself in all of these in different seasons mm-hmm. if there was anything that stopped me more than anything else it was fear i was too afraid for things not to be perfect. I dealt with perfectionism so much. If I could just get it all right, if I could get it all perfect, then I would be acceptable. I would be enough. And if there was any moment I felt like I couldn't present it perfectly, then I just wouldn't present it. Fear and the taunting, the taunting voice of the enemy saying, girl, this ain't going to be enough. This ain't going to be right. It's not going to be perfect. It kept me held back to never start, to never try. I'm saying to the woman that has been paralyzed by fear that you're going to have to do what I did. You're going to have to become aggressive with fear. Fear is not passive. It is one of those things that will hold you down and hold you in a chokehold and suck the very life out of you. The only way to beat fear, which is false evidence appearing real, it'll tell you a lie saying that you're not enough. There's no proof in your life to show you that you're not enough. Actually, all the more is true where you have accolade and you actually have God's affirmation and you have people saying that you walk like a duck and you talk like a duck and you probably are duck. You have all these different um, things that are actually evidence to say that you are everything that God said, but you can't keep being talked out in your mind by these one little thing that the enemy's trying to wave over your head. And I'm saying the only way you beat it is to face it. You're going to have to do the thing that you're afraid to do in order to step forward over fear. For me, it's a hurdle that you have to step over. You're never going to beat it by just saying that I do. I deal with fear. Okay. You deal with it. Now what? Are you going to do something about it? You're going to have to fully face it to beat it. That's me, what I did. Let me ask you a question because I've, I've heard this battle back and forth on, on the good Instagram streets. Yes. Now, I personally know that I have made so many moves in spite of my fear. Yes, like, ma'am. So people see me and they're like, oh, but you seem so fearless. I'm like, I don't, I'm not fearless. I just yeah, move yeah, yeah. with the fear. I might put her in the back seat, but I'm like, girl, this is where we going. Cause this is what God said. Right. So it's not that I'm yeah. fearless at all because we're human. And I have, I have a hundred percent evidence of all my failures. Yes, ma'am. I, it, y'all might not know, but I know all of them. Y'all know what I tell you. Right. <laughs> but I know all of it. Right. So I have a hundred percent evidence of all my failures, my flaws, all the things that could say why something would not work or why sure. I shouldn't try. Right. But I have heard people, um, Christian, I'm going to keep it real, who say that fear is a sin. And if we have fear, then we are clearly um, not, you know, I don't know, I guess not spiritual enough or not this or that. And I'm like, "Mm, well, I I don't let fear cripple me, but I do experience Mm -hmm. fear. What are your thoughts on that? When people are like, oh, well, that means we don't have faith. I love it. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, right? I do believe this. I believe that you are able to identify that something doesn't come from the father and you can still experience. It's like God doesn't make us become obese. Like like he doesn't give us the appetite to just overeat. You can still experience something that doesn't come from God and get beyond it. Meaning 
For instance, even if I choose to eat the carrots and vegetables, it don't mean that I still don't have an appetite in my flesh that would desire to eat Debbie cakes. I feel the same way about fear. I, there are oftentimes that I feel fear. I can understand and recognize God that this didn't come from you. So it makes me understand that it is not my master. I don't allow it to be my umpire. I don't allow it to dictate my life. I can experience something because I'm in a flesh suit and that didn't come from the father down here that I move beyond and I continue to feed my spirit more than my flesh so that my flesh has the strength to dominate it. So I don't believe it comes from God, but I don't also believe that that doesn't mean that I don't ever experience it. It's like when I experience anger, he said to sin not. He didn't say he wouldn't experience it. That's why he speaks right. to it. He gives us an understanding of what doesn't come from him so that we know how to respond to it. I feel fear, but I do it anyway. I do what God says because he's told me that obedience and doing what God says comes from him. That's what it looks like to be godly. So I absolutely believe that the life of a believer is often played by fear. But when it's starting to stop you, you are allowing something that didn't come from the father to actually take rulership over you. And the only thing that should have lordship is your Lord and God is Lord for me. And so I believe it has to stay in its place. Yeah. Just like your appetite have to stay in its place and your sexual desires have to stay in their place. There's so many things that you're going to experience in a natural. It just has to know its place. My flesh don't rule me. God does. My spirit does. Thank you. So it, it has been settled here. Thank you so much, <laughs> Dr. Jackie. All right. Uh, the next uh, type of woman, traumatized Tammy. Man, I think the trauma is, you know, the buzzword of our generation right now. You know, go to your therapy. You know, I got childhood trauma. I got, you know, this and this and this. And so I didn't want to leave out the reality of, although it's a buzzword, it's real. People have had trauma from church. People have trauma in their, you know, the adolescence. I had real trauma. My mama put two chemicals in my hair when I was a little girl and all my hair came out and they called me bald head. My daddy who loves me, he had a, he felt a strong call back to his homeland. When I was four, he left. A four-year-old can't understand a call from God. You know, if you feel like it's a call from God to go back to your homeland, all I know you is his daddy and daddy's not here. And so this idea of feeling rejected or feeling abandoned, it showed up in my life often. And it made me want to do things that weren't necessarily always God-pleasing to keep people so they wouldn't leave like my daddy left. It made me overperform to try to, you know, get other people's uh, approval to be pleasing to people and maybe even at the expense of being pleasing to God. And I had to learn healing in those areas. I had to learn and allow the father to become a father to the fatherless in those areas where I had wounds so that I wouldn't keep repeating those same traumas in my life that would hold me back from living in the full essence of who God had liberated me and freedom to be. The only way I got to that is to allow that trauma to be healed. And so I challenge any woman that is dealing with recurring trauma to address that trauma so that you can actually live in the freedom on the other side of the trauma. What I can tell you is that Facing trauma may not be easy, but it's worth it. That's all I can say. That Agreed. although I cried my tears um, due to perfectionism because I wanted it all to be perfect. I remember many of my first sermons uh, getting it wrong, not knowing as much biblical un understanding as I wanted, but I had to start somewhere and I had to keep facing. I had to keep going back to the father to, to stop performing like a clown for God to say, daughter, I approve of you. Whether you get every word right or you get every word wrong, I had to learn a new way. But the only way I could learn a new way is to try something new. And so that's my admonishment to any woman dealing with trauma. Go to the therapy, get a mentor, you know, get in the word of God, get you some real devotion time where you read the word until the word reads you, where it can minister to those broken places so that it can heal the parts of you that are hurting so that you can live in the freedom that God really desires for you. Yeah. 
So good. And I know I wouldn't be here had I not dealt with a lot of my childhood trauma. There's no way. Cause I yeah. grew up feeling like the ugly one. And I, well, I was told I was the ugly one many times mm-hmm. in my family, not just being mm-hmm. teased at school, but also in my family. Mm. And so, you know, I was someone who was addicted to achievement because I identify with being the smart one, but never the pretty one, never on. the one who was told, oh, you're pretty, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that. And then I got all these features, girl, these features just got hot this decade, you know, <laughs> three decades ago. I love it. I <laughs> it was, love it. It was not the thing, but I always tell people when I look at my life today. And Mm -hmm. I look at being on stages with thousands of people watching or national media all the time, or, you know, my face on all these book covers and all this stuff. How could I be fully who God was calling me to me be? How could I be free to be who God was calling me to be if I did not go and deal with that trauma? And many of us just feel like, well, I'm 40 now. Okay. But if you never dealt with it, it's it's still dealing with you. Right. And even with all the therapy, you still have those moments where you have to like address some stuff. And I I just want to, again, um, like Dr. Jackie said, encourage and admonish everyone listening. You may not need to be in therapy every week like your good sis over here. That's fine. Cause I'm always in somebody something. And I like, that just is what it is, right? But if you gave, what would it look like if you gave yourself 90 days? Just to, yeah. to to work through something weekly. What will it look like if you just dedicated that time to to getting off this idea, especially for us as as people of color? You know that oh, mm-hmm. that's I'm I'm so glad it's more widely accepted. You know, sure. as years go sure. on, I'm so grateful it's more widely accepted, including for black men. Like praise God, yeah, because yes. all the years of like and then people can't tell me nothing and blah 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 blah. <laughs> you are hurting. Such a negative stigma. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. traumatized Tammy's, we love you. Go to therapy. Love and I'll you tell your therapist for sure. And I'll say that one last thing to traumatize Tammy God can't heal what you hide, right? And that's one of the major benefits of therapy. It's just a space for somebody to see you, to hear you. It's almost like starting to shine a light on something that you've had hidden in the darkness, opening up the door for you to just face it. Even if you're not digging in first, you just got to even expose this as a thing. I say this all the time, Patrice, and I believe it, especially Christians. We lie to ourselves too much. We'll tell ourselves that we just got to weave in our hair because it's the help, you know, it's easier to manage. No, you got that weave in your hair because you feel like you're ugly without it. And that was my truth. And I told myself that lie for years and I never got to healing. I never got to seeing myself beautiful without weaving until I could say the truth. Tell the truth, traumatized Tammy. Tell the truth that you're still hurting from mama, never telling you you love. She love you. And it's okay. I don't care how uh minuscule it seems if it's bothering you it's real and god is okay with your real truth he will minister to it he will love on you and he will see you through that so i'm telling you bring it to the forefront so he can heal it that's all i got yeah you know what giving voice to truth is transformative it is and and you don't have to get on a mic like we do. You don't have to get on a stage. You don't have to get on national television, but even right there on a Zoom or in an office one-on-one with your therapist, just giving yes, voice to truth and giving yourself an opportunity to just be radically honest, Yes, right? With no judgment from anyone else. Whew. Yes. Life-changing, yes. life-changing. Yes. Okay. The, the last two are pleasing Pam and unsupported unique. 
Oh Lord, unsupported unique. I can't wait to get to her. Okay, pleasing Pam. <laughs> we kind of hit pleasing Pam. I think we live this life where we're always looking for um without rather than within. We're looking for all these things on the outside to tell us that we're pleasing, that we're enough, that we got enough. And most of that you can find in your actual own intimate relationship with the father. He'll let you know that you're beautiful, that your voice is enough. He will affirm the things about you that sometimes people are unaware of and they don't know. Sometimes we're expecting people to know something that we haven't fully exposed yet. And so we will live and suffer under the weight of just continuing to try to strive and prove to get somebody to do something that God has already, he's already approved of you. Like that, I think that for me was one of the biggest stumbling blocks. When I finally recognized, baby, you've already been approved. Stop working so hard for somebody else to do what God already did. And when I walked in the room, when I walked into rooms as if I was already approved, I walked in totally different than when I was still seeking for somebody to be like, oh girl, you got on something cute. Oh girl, your hair look nice. I don't need that from people now. And so I don't even walk in rooms even aware that that's a thing. I'm just, girl, you look amazing. I'm able to give out of abundance what I've already received in my private uh-huh. time. And I'm admonishing, pleasing Pam. To get it in your own time, your personal time, Get it from the word of God, get it from your inner circle so that you're not walking into rooms still looking for that. You're not walking into relationships looking for for that. You're not walking into jobs looking for that. You don't need a job title. You don't need a promotion. You don't need the MRS to be approved, baby. When you recognize that, you become an unstoppable force. And then it starts to attract the things to you that already belong to you and not actually repel it because you're striving to be. When you're striving, you're not actually who you really are. And so many times the man can't find a good thing because you're not the good thing because you're still striving to be the good thing when you don't recognize you are the good thing. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying show up as who you really are so he can find a good thing and obtain favor from the Lord. That's all I got. (laughs) You're not going to lay me out in these last five minutes. Okay. Unsupported unique. Unsupported unique was the lie I told myself for a long time. I would say, man, if, you know, people just supported me a little more. My husband, I'm always supporting him. I'm always pushing him. But when he going to slow down and ask me what's in my heart and what I need to do. And many times it was Anytime a conversation would come up or he would ask me how I'm doing, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. What about the next album you going to do? I was actually shrinking back or I would stutter my way through a conversation and seem so unsure about the thing that it would just get pushed back. That wasn't his fault. And when I stopped blaming other people are waiting for somebody else outwardly to say, you got it. And I actually just showed up with what I had. They were like, oh, girl, that's something. You can't expect people to support something that you haven't fully embraced. And for me, that starts with you embracing you. When I have not given credence to I have something to say or that I'm worthy of love or I'm worthy of pulling away and setting aside for my own self-care, then I can't expect anybody else to support or do that for me. For me, the support starts with you supporting you. God will always be your number one champion, of course. People are always going to show up late to the thing that you and God already established. And so I'm saying people will always show up late. I'll say hey, about your family. I had family members like, oh, Jackie, you ain't used to preach like that. And I told my family, if you practice and you continue to do the thing that you had done a little bit longer, you'd improve too. And you're not going to slow me down or make me feel bad because I got better at something that I had to keep working at. But you can't expect people to support what you haven't supported. So I'm saying to all unsupported uniques, Baby, you already unique. Own your uniqueness at the level you are because mm-hmm. you might have to do a self-published, self-published book first to get to a nationally released book. And it's okay. 
It may not start out at the level of support that Sarah Jakes, Sarah Jakes Robert has. You got to start where Jackie Green is. And it's enough. It's enough. Stop waiting for everybody to clap for you before you clap for yourself. I guarantee you this. You start clapping for yourself and throwing, your, throwing yourself your own parade. You'll be amazed at the people you attract. Yes. Living witness. I'm, yes, a, I'm a living witness. Like, girl, <laughs> oh my gosh. And I just want to add one thing. Yes. We also can't be upset with people not supporting a vision that we won't embrace or articulate. Like we also are not articulating how people can support, right? We just good. expecting them to like come do. They're not mind readers. And they're not mind readers. So we have to be willing to articulate. <laughs> well, first embrace, but then articulate Ooh. and enroll people in the vision. Yes, ma'am. And yes. the people who are meant to be boosters, you know, for us in that season, they will come alongside you. And it may not be the people that you think it's going to be. And you also cannot be attached to who it is. That's what I've also had to learn. And I love that. God don't just send help. He send the right help. And your ability to see it as the right help is you letting go of control and allowing God to be master and you be servant. And if he want to add them and they may not be best friend, they may not be mama. They might be sister so-and-so at the church. It may come in a form and in a way that you didn't expect but be open that I love that you brought that up be open to who God uses to support you because sometimes we just get so fixated on it have to be this person that we never go forward and he may not be using that person in this season amen okay Dr. Jackie this is it we're gonna just do the rapid wisdom questions I'm gonna ask you a few things just tell us the first thing that comes to mind okay let's do it first one how do you define success success is obedience How do you define wealth in three words or less? Fruitfulness. Abundance. That's that's her list. (laughs) Fruitfulness and abundance. Love it. What's one book that has redefined how you now see wealth? How I see wealth. Power of the moment. I think it's the last name is Heath. I'm actually reading it right now. I think that I see wealth as moments of fullness than actually monetary making moments where they are defined is life-changing life-altering you'll be amazed at how fulfilled you'll you'll actually experience yourself in different seasons yeah and that's what you know we say wealth is rooted in the fulfillment piece live your life's purpose Uh, find fulfillment I love that I'm putting it in my personal that's my third word fulfillment is the third word for wealth I love it you're free to backtrack you did good because most people say seven words and then we. I love it okay (laughs) This is the last one. Fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Jackie Green, and the truth about wealth is living God's way. Amen. Dr. Jackie, I am so, so incredibly grateful that we got to spend this time together. You are even better than just watching you on YouTube or on Instagram. (laughs) Thank you. This was just so refreshing. Listen. You guys, we are going to support Dr. Jackie uh, with permission to live free. Everyone go get your copy, figure out which one of these uh, types of women you are and go like learn all the nine steps. Um, Dr. Jackie, thank you for being here. I know that this conversation is going to bless so many. Um, You guys make sure that you rate and share this episode and also hit Dr. Jackie up on Instagram. What's your full Instagram handle? It's at Dr. Jackie Green. 
at Dr. Jackie Green and let her know that you heard about her right here on uh, the Redefining Wealth podcast. We will be back next week with another amazing episode. But until then, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever feeling like you're someone who has to chase money. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. God bless.